Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Right along here on a Friday, May 5th. Kayla Mortolaro with you. It is the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kemp on a scheduled day off. Expect him back on Monday in the Sports Zone at 9 a.m. We'll head on out to the KDOS hotline around 11.15, the Kentucky Derby. Horses will be taking their posts at around 3.57 local time on NBC tomorrow. So what should we be looking for? What horses should we be following? We'll chat with our guy Sean Alvarez about the Kentucky Derby around 11.15 or so today. But as we typically do, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions and let's get things started. There's an important game three tonight. That's the Suns and the Nuggets from Footprint Center. Do the Suns win game three Friday night versus the Nuggets? The masses, you guys remain out in front on the side of things at 60% of the vote. No is trailing at 40%. We'll answer this question in its entirety around 1130 today. So still time for you to cast your vote over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. I had mentioned uh, that we're obviously talking about the Kentucky Derby today. And then I was watching a documentary of 100 days to count down to the Indianapolis 500. It's on the CW. I am behind in the documentary, but I'll eventually catch up. And so it got me thinking here um, just about the the month of May and there's kind of these non-mainstream sports that take uh, our attention and, and captivate our attention and in addition to that it's kind of their their Super Bowls as well. The Kentucky Derby is the biggest race. I know that they have, you know, the potential to win the Triple Crown, but most eyeballs are on the Kentucky Derby. And then the most eyeballs when it comes to IndyCar racing is on the Indianapolis 500. So of the non-mainstream sports happening in May, which would you most like to attend? And the masses, ah, it's growing on the Kentucky Derby side of things at 88.2% of the vote. Indy 500 is sitting at 11.8%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We'll answer that around 1130 today. There's more NBA playoffs. We'll get into the Suns and the Nuggets here in just a minute, but kickstarting the afternoon, it is the Celtics and it is the 76ers. The Celtics uh, minus two and a half, 76ers plus two and a half. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It gets underway 4.30 p.m. today. I think the big question that we have to start with is how healthy is Joel Embiid? Uh, Will he be able to help the team? That's a big question, right? It is we saw what happened in game one that there was no Joel Embiid. James Harden had a vintage Harden performance. Then Joel goes and he wins the MVP for the regular season and he declares he's coming back for game two. Seemed to be kind of uncertain about what was going on with the knee brace. Was he going to wear it? Was he not going to wear it? Uh, Took it off at some point as well during the game. 
and that just the whole flow. James Harden didn't have a good performance. Nobody really had a good performance. Joel Embiid. I'm hearing a lot of conversation as well about how the offense for the 76ers doesn't flow as well with Joel Embiid because he's he's it's not like Jokic where things get anchored with him and he's such an incredible passer. I don't know if that's just sour grapes over Joel Embiid winning the MVP over Jokic, but clearly game two, the 76ers uh, didn't play their best basketball. I do think, though, that you can throw that out the window because they're happy going back home tied 1-1. It doesn't matter what the score was in game two. At some point, they just said, we're not winning this game. We're bagging it, and we are going to go back happy that the series is 1-1. We talked about it before the series got started, that the three-point disparity in the regular season between these two teams was big, and it ended up being even bigger in Game 2. So will the Celtics once again take 51 threes and make 20 of them? Probably not. The Celtics uh, scored a whopping 131.4 points per 100 possessions per cleaning the glass. So clearly, they were just on fire, executing the way that we kind of expected them to. There was such a huge three-point disparity, as we talked about. And so whether or not that was going to maintain itself, it just seemed to kind of get a little bit out of control. Now, yesterday as well, I asked about Jason Tatum, and I asked about him, and I framed it in a way that am I being too critical of him and his game because I want him to be more consistent. And I know that he had the seven-point performance in game two. Didn't matter. The Celtics went on to win. And I was coming at it from a standpoint that it was not isolated to just that game that I felt like I watched the playoffs last season wanting him to be more consistent and to take that next leap. And I say that as a team that played in the championship game. So again, maybe I'm just being way too critical and being way too uh, harsh on wanting this star player to take that even extra next leap to to really always put the team on his back and be that consistent scorer. I didn't have time to go through the entire postseason for Jason Tatum, but I did go back through the finals. Game one, he was three of 17, one of five from three for 12 points. Game two, eight of 19, six of nine from three, 28 points. Game three, nine of 23, three of nine from three, 26 points. Game four, eight of 23, four of eight from three, 28, 23 points. Game five, 10 of 20, five of nine from three, 27 points. And game six, six of 18, one of four from three, 13 points. I get it. There are many ways that you impact a game. He impacts a game just by being the prolific threat of a scorer that he can be. He impacts the game with assists. He impacts the game with rebounds. He impacts the game because defenses have to make choices about him, Jalen Brown. I get it. That just him being Jason Tatum is a major reason why the Celtics have success. I get it 
that defenses guard you. It gets other teammates open. You have to play what the defenses are giving you to have the most success. But maybe it is unreasonable for me to ask that the volume of shots that he's taking have a better percentage. Because I I do believe that he has all the traits to get to this level of being an absolute star, and I'm just waiting for it to happen. So again, maybe I'm just being incredibly too critical. Uh, I don't think that there's anything that uh, we we can take away from game two. I think he'll have a good performance tonight and be able to bounce back, and we'll see what he's able to do on the road in Philadelphia here. Um, if you want to throw out the regular season, certainly you can. Uh, But the Celtics did dominate that series in the regular season. When it comes to things happening here in Phoenix, Footprint Center, 7 p.m., the Nuggets and the Suns, the Nuggets plus four, Suns minus four. We do know officially Chris Paul has been listed as out for the game tonight. So the question here is what direction does Monty Williams go? Is campaign getting the start? I think... Even if campaign gets the start in place of Chris Paul, you'd have to think that the ball predominantly will be in Booker's hands anyway. So even if they don't, even if they do go campaign, right, that Booker will be more ball dominant in this particular instance. So does that free Monty Williams up to say we don't have to put campaign in the starting lineup? We heard him this week suggests that there could be a little bit of a run for Terrence Ross, for TJ Warren, admitting that they'll have to live with the consequences of them getting destroyed on the defensive side of the ball. Will Damian Lee get some opportunities? Uh, He played significant minutes in game two, didn't hit a shot, took some shots, didn't hit any shots though. So will he kind of bounce back? When we, we talk about role players historically play a little bit better at home. So is this where that energy, the, the the fans, is going to will those shots in for game three? Because to me, this is a must-win game. I thought game two probably was as well. I thought that they had to come back 1-1, let game two slip away. But now you have to get tonight's game. The Suns were able to get open looks in game two, have to be able to knock them down. Kevin Durant needs to get going. He needs to get a little bit more efficient. Uh, The question marks as well for the Nuggets. Can you anticipate Jamal Murray shooting as poorly as he did in game two? That in some ways that was like the best defense for the Suns was Jamal Murray just incapable of knocking down some shots. Is that the game plan? Let Jokic get whatever he can and stop the perimeter, guys. We also talked about this, too, in game one, that it kind of came down to math, that it was the Nuggets had more shots, the Nuggets had more three attempts, the Nuggets had more threes made in a significant margin. At that rate, it didn't matter what the Suns were going to do. They were unable to keep up just from a pure math point. It was very clear that the Suns made a much more concerted effort to shoot more threes in game two. They just didn't hit them 
didn't hit them in key moments and kind of came a little bit undone and frazzled late in the game when Chris Paul exited with his groin injury. Now you know you're not going to have Chris Paul, so who's going to be the person that keeps things calm? And again, the decisions that Monty Williams is going to have to make with his rotations, who's going to be able to get those minutes? Who's going to be able to step up and knock down shots? Because is it realistic to ask Devin Booker, Kevin Durant to score 40-plus points? Is it real at, realistic to ask DeAndre Ayton to score 20? And then where are you going to get your other points from? Plenty of questions that still have to be figured out. One other bit of Suns news I wanted to share as well. Lance Blanks passed away yesterday at the age of 56. He was the Suns general manager from 2010 to 2013. Uh, He was working as an analyst with the Texas Longhorns network from 2020 to currently. So obviously a Suns statement there that they are sending along their condolences to Blanks' family, Lance Blanks, yesterday passing away at the age of 56. When it comes to more things going on, though, downtown is going to be a circus because you also have the Diamondbacks playing tonight. They're at home taking on the Washington Nationals, 6.40 p.m. on Bally Sports Arizona. It's a Josiah Gray start for the Nationals. He's 2-4, and 2.67 ERA with 31 strikeouts, going up against Merrill Kelly, who's 2-3, and 3.06 ERA, 30 strikeouts on the season. The question here for Merrill Kelly, he had a good start in his previous one against the Rockies. Is that going to be able to carry over into tonight's contest? He does have 18 walks on the season so far, so need to be able to limit those walks moving forward. Another baseball contest over in the National League West, Dodgers-Padres. Clayton Kershaw gets the ball. He's 5-1, and 1.89 ERA, 41 strikeouts. Yu Darvish going for the Padres. He's 1-2, 3.60 ERA, 34 strikeouts. We'll have some Kentucky Derby talk on the other side of the break. Sean Alvarez is set to join us. What horse does he like? Plus, in horse racing and horse betting, yeah, you can take the outright winner. But then there's also exacta bets, trifecta bets. How do you combine them all together, see if we can get some winners? Sean Alvarez will tell us on the other side of the break. Don't forget, it is a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. They're located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Check them out this weekend. Eight ounce average butcher's blend steak skewers at two for $15, prime pork back ribs at $6.99 a pound, and jumbo fresh party style cut chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. Of course, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits has amazing treats for your four legged friends. Kentucky Derby Talk next. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. 
Welcome back. It's Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, you can follow us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. The Kentucky Derby is here. It is Saturday, uh, post-position time, about 3.57 or so local time. So we got to figure out who are the horses, what should we be doing. So we pop on out to the KDOS hotline, joined by Sean Alvarez once again. You can follow him, as always, on Twitter, at SmoothTurn2. Sean, appreciate the time on the show once again. Well, I appreciate you having me on. It's always it's always nice talking with you, but when we do, it's uh, it's usually for you know an exciting weekend of horse racing. So definitely looking forward to this. Uh, absolutely here. So Churchill Downs, it's hosting the 149th Kentucky Derby. So set the scene for us here, Sean. How long is this track? What's the expected weather? And uh, what does post position mean and determine for some of the horses as well? Yeah, so it's, it's Kentucky Derby. We're going uh, a mile and a quarter on their dirt main track. Um, the, the track is, they're going to go a little bit, they're going to start a little bit further in the stretch just to get that mile and a quarter. So you will have a little bit of time going into that turn two lobby four um, position based on their post position. Um, it's definitely, it's, it's an interesting year this year. Uh, we've already had four scratches. Two of them just happened about 30 minutes ago. So it's kind of a lot of uh, fumbling around trying to make sure that you know, you got you got all your uh, your T's crossed on your PPs and making sure that you're getting the right pace of the race. Um, as far as the weather goes, all week we've been preparing for a wet Oaks and most likely a wet Derby card. Um, I woke up this morning to a new weather report. The, one of the trusted guys that I go to says that the storm cell popped up 50 miles south of what they had initially intended to and thinks that we are, we're going to get uh, clear skies on today, Friday, and uh, tomorrow for the Derby. So hopefully we have clear skies. And, and like you kind of alluded to, and I alluded to earlier about post positions, you know, this is a 20-horse field. It's not a it's not a six-horse field where, you know, you can kind of get in the spot that you want to. This is, you know, you have to break how you how you want to break. If you're a speed horse, you have to break well. If you're, if you're a closer, you want to break well as well, just to lobby into position. You're going to see a lot of jockeys as soon as the gate opens, try to get over to that rail. So, you know, you've got people, jocks and horses on the outside that are going to want to use their speed early and maybe use too much trying to get over. And then you've got horses on the rail that might have to use too much speed as well just to not get shuffled back too much. So, you know, it it is a lot of guesswork, but, you know, diving into the PPs and and looking at how these horses break in the past, we kind of get a little bit of an idea and hopefully are on the right track tomorrow. Sean Alvarez at Smooth Turn 2 on Twitter, talking all things Kentucky Derby with us here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Practical move, 10 to 1 odds to win the Kentucky Derby, but on Thursday, scratched from the race as the horse spiked a fever. So can you first explain to us why this is important to protect the horse here? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, very similar if anybody's played sports. You know, if you wake up and you're and you're not feeling well, um, usually the fever's their first inclination that there's something wrong with the horse um so same thing you know i mean if you're you know a class you know d1 athlete and you you wake up and you're not feeling well you're not going to go push it um it, it's kind of more in the lines of, of kind of waking up with you know maybe a sore arm if you're a pitcher or kind of an ailment that could get worse um the horses can't talk to us they can't tell us how they're feeling and you know whether or not they can just shake it off so you know, we're talking million-dollar horses. It's it's best to always do right by them. If you do right by them, they do right by you, and uh, it's a partnership. So 
um, it's, it, it's definitely the right move by Tim Yock's team to uh, scratch his horse. I've heard some people describe this 2023 Kentucky Derby race without horses that set the pace, that there are only a few pace setters and more stalkers. What exactly does this mean, and do you agree with the premise? Yeah, we can kind of uh, rewind to last year. Last year, if you look at the early fractions, I mean, they just ran their eyeballs out early. And anybody that was up even near that pace went too fast too early and had nothing left in the tank. And then we get Rich Strike at, what, 80 to 1, just not circling the field, but had no traffic and just came from the back. So, you know, the more horses need the lead, if a horse, you know, kind of look back in their past performances, have they ever, have they ever passed a horse, you know, in the last half of the race? A lot of the times you can kind of see a horse that when they win, they set the pace on their own, they're not bothered. And when they lose, they're usually not setting the pace or in some kind of speed duel, and they just don't have that closing kick. So, I do agree that compared to last, you know, the last few years, actually, we don't really have those need the lead types, but that's where I kind of disagree is we do have upwards of eight horses that are going to be upward, upper near the pace. If they, if they have it their own way, we may not see the first, first quarter in the, in the second quarter go that fast. But I think a lot of horses like Kings Barn and uh, the Japanese horse, I'm going to butcher, Derma Sotagaki, hopefully I didn't butcher that too much, um, they make a lot of middle moves. So as we get into the, the kind of middle half, going into that turn, we may see them really come up and put pressure on the leaders. So we may see that third or fourth quarter go a lot quicker than, than they kind of expected. So we may not see that early fraction where – it just screams closer, but they still might get that pace to run into in that third or fourth quarter as, as they're moving into and going into the, into the uh, clubhouse turn. Sean Alvarez at Smooth Turn 2 on Twitter talking all things Kentucky Derby here. All right, so the odds-on favorite, Forte, at 3-1. to one. So what do you like about this horse and his style? He, he's, he's really done nothing wrong. Um, he's one, one, uh, one loss in his career uh, that, was, that was at Saratoga. We nickname it the Graveyard of Champions. He wasn't quite a champion then, but it, it kind of comes with the territory that that would be the one place that he did lose. Um, he did come back and win an impressive run at the, in the hopeful at Saratoga, so it's not like he couldn't run there. But the one thing that's nice about this horse is he's not necessarily pace dependent. He will come from off the pace, but he doesn't need a really fast pace to run into. He has stayed somewhat connected at Gulfstream, and he's come from a little bit further back at something at somewhere like Keeneland. So there's not a lot to knock about him, um, but it, do you love him enough to follow the favorite price? Um, I currently don't. I, I won't. I probably won't get beat by him, but to swallow those kind of odds, and he's going to have to pass some some pretty decent horses going in a you know a twenty horse field. I'm generally trying to play against the favorite if I don't think he's a world beater. Uh, sticking along those lines here, uh, Tappet Trice and Angel of Empire, five to one and eight to one, respectively. So, how have these horses been doing, and do they have what it takes to to win the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, we'll start with uh, with Tappet Trice. Tappet Trice is definitely an interesting horse, doing a lot. He's done a lot of of, of good things. Like, same kind of same thing about Forte. He's come from way off the pace. He's been a little bit more connected. My only issue with Tappet Trice is he. It, I don't know this for for. A fact, I don't speak with Todd Pletcher very often or ever. Um, I don't think this horse likes the rail at all. He's, in every one of his races, 
even coming from the rail, starting in the one post, he's found a way to move to the outside and be be wide going into the first turn and coming into the second turn. In his last workout at Churchill, they purposefully rode him wide. So I'm thinking he shies away from the rail, doesn't like the rail. He's coming from the five path. I don't think Luis Saez is going to get, you know, a, a really great trip to be able to move him out. So he's going to have to be comfortable in the position that Luis can find him and settle him in. And I, I think he's definitely good enough. I, I love that Luis stays on. He knows the horse. He knows his quirks and, and tendencies. So if there's anybody that can get get that, you know, get get through that, it would be the combination of Todd Fletcher and Luis Saez. Um, jumping to Angel of Empire, this is my top pick. Uh, if, if you followed any of my picks or listened to me talk, there's no <laughs> – it's, it's no surprise that I love Flavian Pratt. I think he's one of the best jockeys in the country. Uh, he has had a little bit of an off year going into the end of the end of last year and into the, uh, the beginning of this year, but he, he gets his horses to settle and he gets his horses to, to just relax where he feels that they're most comfortable in their best position to win the race. He had a huge Arkansas Derby win in the last race, just running away from the field. He's continuing to get better and better um, as far as speed figures go. And if he can improve off of that last effort, I really think that this is, this could be the horse to be, um, so that's where I'm going to land with my top pick. Down the page a little further, Kings Barn 12 to 1, Two Fills 12 to 1, Verifying 15 to 1. So what can you tell us about these horses and uh, do they have a realistic shot? So the interesting thing and kind of uh, makes me even point more towards Angel of Empire as my top pick. Kings Barn is last time out, one, he's 3 he's 3 and 0. Oh, he's he's only raced three times, he's won three times. He ran going away in the Louisiana Derby. He was ridden by Flavian Pratt. So I don't know for a fact, but I would imagine that Flavian had choice over wh- whether he wanted to ride an undefeated horse or Angel of Empire. He chose Angel of Empire. Um, so he, and, and the only way he gets paid is if his horse you know, finishes well. So I'm going to go with the jockey that knows the horse a little bit better. That's why I like Angel of Empire. As far as Kings are a little bit more, as far as Kings Barn go, I kind of alluded to this earlier when I was talking about the pace, this horse does his best running in that third, fourth panel of the race. He, he, he doesn't need the lead. He doesn't need to be super connected, but he runs his fastest race in that kind of third and fourth quarter of the race. So this is the horse that I think is going to come up and put pressure on those leaders, make them run a little bit faster, hopefully set it up for someone like uh, Angel Empire coming off the pace. Two fills is definitely interesting. Uh, Larry Ravelli trains, Sheriff Loveberry rides. It's both their first ever Kentucky Derby starter. The horse is working out great in the morning. Um, again, he draws the three post that we talked about earlier. He's got 16 other horses that are going to come flying from his right, trying to battle for position. I really like this horse to, to run underneath. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets away with the win, but he won't be on the win in for me. I think if Sheriff Loveberry just sticks on the rail sits there, tries to stay somewhat connected, and just hopes for horses to kind of drift out going into that final turn, the rail opening up. And I think that, that this horse can, could definitely come through. He ran a big race at Turfway last time out in the Jeff Ruby Stakes. Again, if he can improve off of that, he's going to be dangerous. But he's going to be trip-dependent coming off that three-post. Uh, verifying, again, I, I don't really like verifying to hit the, hit the board. I, I wasn't super impressed with his race last time out. He hasn't done much to impress me. But again, this is a horse that coming from the two path, he has early speed. 
I do think that this horse could find himself setting the pace. Um, and if he doesn't set the pace, he's going to be up and near the lead and hopefully making them go a little bit faster than they want to. Sean Alvarez, follow him on Twitter at Smooth Turn 2. We're having a Kentucky Derby conversation here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. So you've been talking about a lot of races. So is there a race that is considered the showcase race before the Kentucky Derby or a race that similarly compares to this race that some of these horses have stood out on or, or how you kind of uh, watch what's going on to be able to feel like you have a handle on how to handicap the Kentucky Derby? Um, you know, there's not really necessarily specific races that I would upgrade horses. You, you do get a, a decent amount of Kentucky Derby winners coming out of the bluegrass at Keeneland um, and also the uh, at Santa Anita and the Santa Anita Derby. But that's going to come come down to, you know, trainers that, that go, to those, go, go to those tracks. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of Bob Baffert horses win the Kentucky Derby. Obviously, they're probably going to come from Santa Anita. That's his home track before Kentucky. Same thing with Keeneland. It's a huge, it's a huge meet, and all the trainers from the East Coast and Midwest want and, and, and kind of pinpoint those meets. So you are going to get Kentucky Derby favorites and possibly winners coming out of those. You know, uh, Turfway, the Jeff Ruby stakes that I spoke about earlier, it's not necessarily a, a big launching ground coming into the uh, Kentucky Derby, but Turfway shippers run real, really well. So for any future kind of ideas or even looking at kind of the undercard in the derby if you see a horse that their last race was at turfway they generally their form travels uh well from turfway to to other tracks um whereas you get a track like aqueduct which is very it's kind of its own thing that those those forms usually don't travel very well but everything's relative you know sprinters at aqueduct do well it's there's a lot of trends and angles you kind of got to find one that you like um they're obviously not all going to work every time So if I'm hearing you correctly here, when we're figuring out if we're going with just one horse that we like to win the race outright, you would favor Angel of Empire at eight to one. Correct. Yeah, I I really like Angel of Empire. He's he's getting early money. I don't know if it's it's just because of, you know, a horse like Practical Move scratching. And so a lot of the the lower odd monies are, are, are moving around a little bit, but Last time I saw he he started at eight to one, and I think I've seen him at like five or six to one on early odds. So he is getting attention, which I like. Um, not not a lot of public betters are putting bets in right now. It's usually um, you know people that are connected in the industry and have you know boots on the ground. So I like the fact that he's he's getting a little bit of play, and that would be my if I'm playing one horse, that would be the horse. But the other thing is, is you don't just play one horse, right? There's plenty of other options to add horses, finishing positions, exacta bets, trifecta bets, you name it. So how will you look to play this 2023 Kentucky Derby? So I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of an exacto. Um, two horses that we didn't, we didn't uh, talk about earlier. It's the number eight mage. If you like the, the favorite forte, um, there's, there's a lot to like about mage. Made, uh, made, made first run in the Florida Derby, actually made the lead, and just just was passed uh, late by Forte. I think Javier Castellano knows that. He's going to wait a little bit longer. I think I think if you like Forte at 3-1, thir- at to one, there's a lot to like about Mage at 15-1. to one. Um, I do not like the, uh, the main Japanese horse, Derma Sanagaki, mainly for all the travel that they're doing. So, you know, he's coming from Japan. He went to Dubai. Now he's, now he's in the United States. It's just a lot of, a lot of travel. I think this horse isn't going to fire their best effort. 
on that flip side, there's a horse that's gonna um, that's gonna get into the field because of scratches, and it's a 22 Mandarin Hero. Ran a big race in the uh, Santa Anita Derby last time out. Just lost the practical move, and he ran. If he didn't necessarily have traffic problems, but he split horses late and made that move pinned in between two horses. Horses usually don't make moves when they're pinned in. It's a lot of. It's a very tight. Um, it's, it's just a tight opening, and horses just kind of shy away from that. And he jumped through it and tried and tried his best uh, to to track the unpractical move and went by him after the after the wire. So I'm going to use those two horses again underneath. So I'm going to play the five tap at Trice and the fourteen Angel of Empire over the three five eight fourteen fifteen and twenty two. If you play that exacto for a dollar, it's it's ten dollars. All right, one more time for everyone who's out there listening. So what's on top and what's on bottom? So it's a dollar exacta. On top, you're going to have the 5 and the 14. On bottom, you're going to have the 3, the 5, the 8, the 14, the 15, and the 22. Sean Alvarez, follow him on Twitter, at SmoothTurn2 on Twitter, chatting all things Kentucky Derby here. So is there anything else that you want us to know about this 2023 Kentucky Derby that maybe you're paying attention to that hasn't caught you know our public eye yet? Um, I, I was watching the races at Churchill yesterday, and a lot, of, a lot of the races played, especially on the dirt, played towards speed. If you look on Twitter, you'll see a lot of horse racing people complaining about it. We call it the highway. It's hard. It's very, it's very difficult for closes to make up any ground. But usually the, the horses that are setting the pace or, or near the pace are just difficult to, to track down. So it's something to keep an eye on today and early races tomorrow. Um, I think that they, were, they, they had the track playing that way in anticipation of the rain. So they may open it up. They may not. It's, just, it's something to keep an eye on. If you see horses that you don't necessarily think should win the race and they just they set the pace and they go on, it's something to just put in the back of your mind. You might want to play horses that are a little bit closer to the pace if that uh, continues. And, Sean, here's the big question, though. What sort of hat are you wearing for tomorrow? <laughs> I am sitting in my living room playing in a contest, so um, I probably will not be wearing a hat if I do. Um, I don't know, probably a Braves hat. You know, I'm a big Braves fan, so that would be my my good luck charm, I I guess. All right, well, the Braves are doing really well. We greatly appreciate you taking some time for us, chatting all things Kentucky Derby. Enjoy the, the race tomorrow. Thank you. I appreciate it. Once again, he is Sean Alvarez, and you can follow him on Twitter at SmoothTurn2. And there we go for the Kentucky Derby for tomorrow. Hopefully, Sean has you all prepped and ready to go. Post time, 3.57 uh, local time on NBC. But it's your time right now for the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Caller number three right now gets the $100 gift certificate. The number, 602-260-1060. Once again, 602-260-1060. Caller three, $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits is yours. Visit them, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler and online at vonhansensmeats.net. Poll question time up next here on KDUS AM 1060. Ready to bring KDUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day.
Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Visit them this weekend, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. You can get your 8-ounce average butcher's blend steak skewers at 2 for $15. Prime pork back ribs at $6.99 a pound or the jumbo fresh party style cut chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. There's a little Suns game tonight, the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Plenty of things to hop on the barbecue over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. And when you're there, don't forget about your four-legged friends as they're, of course, not your normal meat market. They have craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. All right, it's time to answer the poll questions here. We have a game three. I think it's a must win for the Suns tonight. So the question here over at KDOS1060.com, do the Suns win game three Friday night versus the Nuggets? As much as I want to say yes, I think it's just going to take such a special performance from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to get this done. Uh, Not having CP3 is a problem. Despite what we may accurately think about Chris Paul's game this season what we've seen so far in the playoffs I think he's been uh, good in spurts but not consistent for the course of the game obviously the minutes that he's been asked to play is an issue but the question here then is once he goes off the floor who can come in and that's the question when it's he's healthy and he's on the court so now what direction do you go then when you don't have that person on the court, what direction you do you go? Obviously, Monty Williams with the rotations, he's going to always try to have, you know, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant at some point on the floor. Not having them on the floor uh, at any point in time would be a mistake for tonight's contest. But we did see in game two that Chris Paul had things cooking a bit. There was a bit of a rhythm here that he was kind of getting to his mid-range jump shots that he's quite capable of of knocking down. There was a bit of a rhythm to some of the ball movement that we saw in that game. And the second that he left, that's when the Nuggets were able to come back. We also saw then in the fourth quarter a bit of a, a frenetic, frantic, frazzled Suns team in that particular situation. So... You know, obviously there's going to be home court energy, so that's going to be in in their favor, but it just seems like Denver has too many different pieces in order to uh, get this win for the Denver Nuggets tonight. I, I think the question marks that we had even when CP3 was in the lineup certainly rear their head uh, in in an ugly fashion. And so you have to throw everything at tonight's game without a doubt. Like, without a doubt, everything has to go into tonight's game. Uh, So I think you're going to get the Suns' best shot tonight. I think Denver, though, has more to get it done. So the masses disagree with me, though. They're still on the yes side of things. 60% of the vote, no sitting at 40%. That's the KDOS1060.com poll question. Over on Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060, of the non-mainstream sports happening in May, which would you most like to attend? We had a conversation regarding the Kentucky Derby. Sean Alvarez uh, joining us. And then hopefully we'll have some Indy 500 talk a little bit later on in the month of May. But that's those are our options, the Kentucky Derby or the Indy 500. I did have someone tweet in to me, tell me that they've been to the Indy 500 and that it was a good time, but they've never been to the Derby. 
Elaborate. Why is it a good time? For me, my answer is definitely the Indianapolis 500. Uh, So there is nothing like on television, so I imagine that it would be even better in person, that they say drivers start your engines and just that roar is unbelievable. The pageantry that of everything that goes on surrounding the Memorial Day weekend, unbelievable. Then when you have the drivers getting ready to start the green flag and them coming around three wide around turn four. Yes, I want that. I know there's hats at the Kentucky Derby. I know there's, you know, uh, the riders up. I know all of that. It's probably a very fun time. But I'm going Indianapolis 500. And the masses disagree with me once again. They're on the Kentucky Derby side of things at 83.3% of the vote. Indy 500 sitting at 16.7%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. I mentioned this earlier on in the show. But if you're interested, the CW is airing a 100 Days to the Indy 500 documentary. I think Penske Obviously, Roger Penske, very well accomplished as an owner in IndyCar racing, really cares a lot about the trajectory of the sport, bought the Indianapolis 500 racetrack, doing a lot to try to reinvest into the the industry and into the sport. They're the ones that are actually putting on this documentary. I am not current with it. I'll get current with it. Looking forward to continue watching more of those episodes, but we wrap up this Friday edition of Extra Point next. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. segment of this Friday, May 5th, right here on KDOS AM 1060, as always online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Don't forget to download the KDOS 1060 app, register and take advantage of the listener rewards that are available to you. First of all, We have to thank you for listening to today's program. In addition to that, uh, thank you to our guest, Nate Davis from USA Today, chatting all things uh, NFL draft, NFL free agency, and some NFL teams about where we think uh, they currently stand. Of course, there's plenty of time left ahead for, you know, offseason workouts, training camp, preseason games to be played so it's just more fodder to be able to to talk about it ahead of when we get into meaningful action but uh, thanks to Nate Davis for his time and then of course to Sean Alvarez you can follow him on Twitter at smooth turn two on Twitter as he uh, broke down the Kentucky Derby for us and if you missed any of those interviews you can always podcast over at kdos1060.com or with the kdos1060 app up next here 
on KDOS AM 1060 from noon to one o'clock. It is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from one to three, the Rich Eisen Show from three to five, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from five to six, and then ASU Baseball starting a three-game series this weekend. It's an important series because... Whoever comes out on top in this series is going to be leading the Pac-12 standings. They're hosting Stanford pregame 6:15, first pitch 6:30. Tim Healy has the call. You can listen to it KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It's a busy day today as well, especially in downtown because you'll have the uh Diamondbacks and the Nationals, Merrill Kelly getting the start, 6.40 p.m. on Valley Sports Arizona. Then you also have the Nuggets and the Suns for Game 3 tonight, 7 p.m. on ESPN. In addition to that, looking ahead to Saturday, you have the Knicks and the Heat. The Knicks plus 3.5, Heat minus 3.5. That's a Saturday contest at 12.30 p.m. Uh, we didn't talk about this game so far in today's show, but uh, I think the big questions remain here. How's Jimmy Butler's ankle uh, will he be ready to go? Will he be effective on Saturday? Certainly having some time off helps. He didn't play in game two. The Heat almost stole game two. Uh, so how will Jimmy Butler be? He's just been absolutely tremendous in the playoffs. And then it, it's kind of amazing how Eric Spolstra just seems to have some sort of magic wand that uh, you get into playoff time, he pulls the right strings, he makes the right moves, and the players reward him by uh, playing their tails off. So that'll be on Saturday. You also had the news of Milwaukee Bucks firing Mike Budenholzer. Uh, if we remember here... Suns fans obviously feel very feel something about this because, of course, the 2021 uh, Milwaukee Bucks beating the Suns in the NBA uh, finals there. Budenholzer was with the Bucks from 2018 to 2023. They lost in the first round to the Heat this playoff season. Other decisions for the Bucks to be made. Chris Middleton has a player option for 2023-2024. Brooke Lopez is a free agent. Obviously, you still have Giannis. Lots of good things there with Giannis and his game. Tyrrell Hatton, he remains out in front with Nate Lashley, Lyndam Clark at the Wells Fargo Championship, Quail Hollow for the designated event on the PGA Tour. As always, thank you for listening. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp back on Monday morning starting at 9 a.m. We'll talk to you then.